story here with Carly. We have been wanting to do this for a while now and finally got around to it. It's been a crazy few weeks for everybody, obviously. Yeah, um, you'd think that we would just be having TV watching time. Like, I it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the hours go. Yeah, I feel like it actually has gone a lot quicker, even though it's been really slow. I feel like the days are just like, boom, it's next week already. Yeah, agreed. It's really weird, even though no one's doing anything. Um, but so what we kind of want to do first with you and like we do with every interview is kind of get to know you based on like your Disney preferences. Um, so the first question I want to ask you is what's your favorite Disney movie? And this can be like Star Wars, Marvel, Fox stuff well, now, whatever you want it to be. <laughs> well, joke's on you because uh, half the people listening will shut this off once they hear this. But uh, my favorite Disney movie is Monsters University. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like I'm trying to think what I have. Um, on my desk to show you. I have like Monsters, anytime anyone sees Monsters University stuff, they, cause it's so rare, they give right. it to me. And I like a really tight collection of stuff. I love it so much, um, much more than Monsters Inc. I know it doesn't make sense. I know it's embarrassing, but I just love the story. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I like Monsters University a lot. Um, it came out my freshman year of college. So I was like, this is the best movie ever. It's, you know, up there at least. And so I, I get it. I mean, I, uh, full disclosure, I have a friend who works at Pixar who laughed at me when I told her that. So, <laughs> <That's awesome. Jeez. laughs> you know. Shots fired oh, right man. away on that one. <laughs> um, so I got two more of just like those easy get to know you questions real quick. Um, favorite Disney character? Uh, I love Goofy. I love Goofy so Goofy? much. Any uh, specific a, reason? Uh, <laughs> I just that like if it was real life and I was younger I would probably try to date him like he's a funny <laughs> dog I just love him so like him as a character like he's just a he's the jug head of the gang you know what I mean absolutely I'm always like drawn to that type of like the drummer of the band like the the silly one the creative one the funny one not like the front man not a Mickey Mouse right yeah. it's just a good time I love it the, the really cool guy that hangs out in the back yeah it's nothing wrong with that. Great dad. Doesn't get enough credit for that. You know. yeah, he does not get enough credit for being a good dad. You're right. Definitely doesn't. Um, so last one of these, and this is kind of a two-parter if you want it to be. If not, um, depends on how you answer mostly. What's your favorite park? And that can be all over the world, um, whatever you want to be. Um, globally, Tokyo Disney Sea, just because it's such a strange, unique utopia. Uh, it, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Everything there is impeccably done. It doesn't seem real. But <laughs> truly, I love Walt Disney World because it is, the cent it is where everything happens. Like, granted, yeah. Tokyo Disney Sea is a good time, but Disney World is kind of the center of the universe. And when I'm there, if I don't go to Magic Kingdom, it doesn't count. It's something I have to do on every trip. Otherwise, it's not real. But the park I've been spending the most of the time in lately has been Epcot. It's yeah. kind of a Magic Kingdom and Epcot are up there for sure. Absolutely. Um, so let's go with that. Where's your favorite? Is your favorite ride at Tokyo Disney Sea, or is it not even at those two? I know. Oh my god! Of anywhere. Of um, anywhere. Uh, oh gosh, I don't. I uh, it. I like so many rides. Um, I think my favorite still would have to be Space Mountain at Disney World, which is another hot take because everybody loves Space Mountain at Disneyland more. But I love Disney World because it's so rickety. Wow. It's like, it feels like a time capsule. Like it feels like they would have redone it. Like something feels amiss and I love that about it. So I just went to Disneyland for the first time in March right before they shut down. Um, mm. And I went on Space Mountain for the first time. I think it's so much better <laughs> over there. You want at Disneyland? Yeah. Yeah, you're not necessarily wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you just like like the the feel of the one down here then? I think a lot of it is the ride vehicle. I yeah. love that you have to like, I love a ride vehicle where like clearly it was developed before like modern standards. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it, it, it's so hard to get out of that. I am relatively young. Like my knees work. I can barely get out of that slalom. It's so difficult. Yeah. I, I just love that it's like, it's so, it's so rough around the edges. But perfect in its own way. It's like a death yeah, trap, I mean, but safe. Yeah. 100%. I think they're both amazing, um, comparatively to the two. Um, but I do like Disneyland better. But maybe it's because I've only been there once, and I was like, everything's amazing there. So yeah. it could have just been, you know, first time type of thing. I will, I will say, like, professionally, I think the best ride is Everest, is Expedition Everest at Animal Kingdom, which is also one yeah. of my favorites. But if I go to Disney World, 
I, I have to go on Space Mountain. If I don't go on Everest, I'll get to it the next time. Right. I definitely get that. Um, so we're going to get to know you a little bit more in like your professional life per se, um, I guess. Um, so basically you're a travel expert, theme park connoisseur, and magazine contributor for a lot of different articles, plus you've co-authored DK Witness, uh, Eyewitness Florida 2020. Yes. Out of all the cool things you've done, what's like your top article or you know anything you've ever written what's like your top one um and it doesn't have to be like disney based it could be anything there's a few um i think the one that i hold most near and dear to my heart is this deep dive that i did about disney weddings because okay. <laughs> uh, i wrote it about four years ago so it was well before the tv show like disney weddings were something that if you weren't on the inside you didn't really know anything about mm -hmm. And I got introduced to it because my friend Jenna from high school uh, ended up becoming a cast member, lives in Florida, and she had a Disney wedding. And so she invited me to this private Facebook group of Disney brides. So I was kind <laughs> of like brought into the fold of this amazing group of women who like all work together in, it must be in the thousands, uh, to wow. plan their wedding, to find out details, because it's really not a straightforward process. Right. It, there are so many intricacies and pricings and things you can do because people get married like, for example, if you get married in a park, you have to get married very, very early. I think it's two or three hours before the park opens or two or three hours after. Right. So it's like, keep in mind, like, you have to get hair and makeup at 3 a.m. Like, it's all of these weird intricacies that you would never expect. And learning about all of that for the group was so fun. Because it was in a place I'm very familiar with, but, like, a whole world inside it I knew nothing about. Absolutely. So I've never been to a Disney wedding but I have crashed one on accident before. That sounds crazier than it is. Um, one of my wife's coworkers, he got married in Epcot on one of the little islands, but they had their reception at Italy, like in the Italy pavilion, like out in the middle of the day. And we just had me walking by typically after a few drinks because, you know, Epcot. Um, yeah. and obviously they had been like drinking the whole day because it's a wedding. And uh, I was like, do you think that's Ron's wedding? And then suddenly we hear, Austin, Katie, get the hell out of here! And dude, he comes running out of this, and so we crash it. Obviously, they're all dressed like super nice, like <laughs> and like when it comes to like that stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of money involved, a lot of like, you know, everything. I mean, you know, and uh, yeah. dude, I never thought security was going to like throw me out before until that moment. <laughs> it was one of the top five moments of my whole life. Oh my um, god! But yeah, Disney weddings—that's cool. I mean. And you're ahead of this since the show wasn't out yet or like the whole like thing. Yeah, well, the show makes so much sense because a lot of the things that you can do are very cool and nobody really gets to ever see them. Right. So one of the most difficult things with that feature was that my editor and I really, really, really wanted to be there for one of these early morning castle photo shoots mm -hmm. because it's such an important part of it. And like, it's a lot of money on top. It's optional. It's not something everyone does, but a lot of people want that iconic photo of them in their dress in front of the castle. Absolutely. And what I didn't know <laughs> is that you have to leave at 4am to get it. So when you're, when it looks like nighttime in those photos, it's because the sun hasn't risen yet. <laughs> And like all the photos have this kind of glow to them and it's because they power hose the entire park before it opens. Right. And so everything is wet. And so the wetness on the, like on the asphalt or whatever the ground is reflects the dress in a way that looks very cool. It just and creates like a shine. Yeah. And it's all these things That's that cool. I didn't know until I was standing there like in the dead of night and the way like the way they photograph it is crazy because the photos look like you're the only person in the parks when just outside of the frame, there's a crane or there's someone like driving a huge thing to do maintenance, but right. you can't see it in the picture. It's like true Disney <laughs> magic. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so, like, that's stuff I wouldn't ever know. And the fact that you have to like experience it firsthand is it's crazy. ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, that's super cool. You know how weird it is to be at a wedding and have someone go, how do you know the bride? And go, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I actually, I, I'm just here because yeah. I want to see. That's, that's awesome. One. <laughs> so like, it was just for like an article that you were just able to just pretty much go in. Yeah. Um, I, so I was in the Facebook group and I knew I would, right, I okay. don't know what the, I was going to be in town for an opening of something. I can't, I can't remember what it was, 
but I was there for either like a land opening or an attraction opening. And then I knew I would be able to extend my trip a few days and go to a wedding then. So I asked anyone if they had a wedding that week, if I could go to it. And I think 15 <laughs> people invited me. Oh my gosh. Which is like wow. a, a very flattering. Um, and then I ended up choosing this lovely girl, Miranda, because she had uh, a few, her, the way her wedding was planned felt very, uh, not quintessential, but it was, there were a lot of components that I wanted to see firsthand because she got married at the wedding pavilion. Her reception was at uh, California Grill. She had characters coming. So I got to see a little bit of everything. Yeah, you got like the whole experience. Yeah, it was cool. That's amazing. That is awesome. Um, so like for most people, your job is like a dream job. Just feel like, be like a Disney person, go write articles, do the whole thing. If anyone's listening, what like strategic moves did you make to like make this dream like reality? Well, the, so I'll start off by saying that any advice I would have given about seven weeks ago has completely right. changed. Of course. Because um, <laughs> there currently like really isn't a freelance writing market and it may not exist in the future. Like truly nobody knows. Sure. But um, my, I came at it from a journalism background. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I didn't really, I grew up going to the parks as a little kid, but I hadn't been kind of in my teen years to my adult years. So I fell into it a bit. Um, okay. I, what I think that has sustained me in the past few years is figuring out kind of what my purpose is within this space. Because there's a lot of different things you can do. And for me, it was always like getting the message out to people. That's always been the common theme within anything I've done. It's just like basic communication, like getting news, getting facts, getting details, helping people figure things out. So because of that, a lot of my stories have migrated to this ride is opening. Here's everything you need to know for your trip. A lot of service stories about like focusing on how to book things, how to make things easy or what you should and shouldn't do. But there are so many people who report about the parks who do absolutely different things. Right. So I think really honing well, in on what is most important to you in the grand scheme of Disney will really help because it might not be a writing job. It might be something that seems reporting adjacent, but it could be anything. So really hammering down what what you like most about the parks and what interests you is the best way to figure out how to approach it. Gotcha. So like if someone was like, <laughs> I love snacks or whatever, as most people who go to the parks, you know, know every single snack possible, that would be like their thing. Like just focus solely on that. Pretty well, much. I would even be like, are, what interests you about snacks? Are you interested in like the food trends happening at Disney? Are you interested in how Disney creates these foods what that process is like like are you in, there's this thing called i think it's called the food lab my brain doesn't work anymore because <laughs> i haven't been like writing about this stuff 10 hours a day every day right but they have like a, a development space where they work through new ideas are you interested in seeing how they communicate those ideas from resort to resort over video conference like just there's so many different ways to approach food that again like if you love snacks i would figure out like is what do you want to find what the best one is overall do you want to tell people what they should and shouldn't use their like dining plan points on like just figuring out what angle of snack it snacks interests you most is really it's, it's gonna help the more you can dial down what you're interested in and kind of what medium feels best to you yeah. is best because if you like snacks like uh, what which format do you want do you want to write about them do you want to talk about them do you want to video yourself eating them there's so many different ways to approach it absolutely I, yeah I mean, I have nothing that you nailed it down pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, like the deeper you dive on it, the easier it gets. Right. Because I too have been, there was a point when I was like, should I write about roller coasters? Like it's a natural extension of this. Like, should I be opening it up beyond Disney and Universal? And then I realized, no, <laughs> that, is, that is not what I want. Like, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of the more you know the road you're traveling down, the easier it's going to be. Absolutely. Um, so this is the last one of like, these type of questions and this is one that has nothing to do with disney it's just <laughs> i thought this was a great story and you probably have an idea where i'm gonna go with this i don't know just from going on your blog you hopped on a private jet <laughs> to interview kim kardashian or mrs west yes as she asked uh -huh. uh, you asked the question because she was at a hype energy drink thing yeah, since, oh hype, since hype is all about energy and this when she was pregnant uh, how does she motivate herself to get on the grind every day while running all the businesses? Um, basically, it's pretty much like a pretty lukewarm answer in my, from what, you know, oh from what it sounds like. 
Uh, okay, that was just, I don't even, this isn't even a question yet, I don't think, but I just have to say that was the weirdest day of my life because <laughs> it, like I, the, I don't even know how to explain this. The energy drink summit, like basically I got an email from my editor that was like, do you want to go on a plane? I think it was the next day. It was like, do you want to go on a plane to go interview Kim Kardashian in Nashville and then fly back? And I was like, can't say no. So, <laughs> so we flew to Nashville for a few hours. It was like a chartered flight with all reporters. It was like, am I a White House reporter? Like, what is this? Yeah, no kidding. We all Jeez. get there and like, there was no event infrastructure. So we show up and we're like waiting around and they're like, okay, it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. Okay, go. And then we were on a stage, like a stage, like a, if you were doing a street festival and you put up a stage type of stage. Okay. And I'm like, <laughs> There were people, there was audience all around, and then the stage was just filled with people. And Kim was doing like a snake pattern, kind of walking through this glob of people. Like there was no rhyme or reason to it. It was so nutso. And when I went to ask her a question, I guess this, the security guard was like, the security guard was pre-screening questions, which is like, that does not happen. Uh, and so I don't know what I, I said something innocuous to him. And he was like, you're cut. Oh my God. Like, I, I flew here. To ask her one question, like I have, I have to ask questions. And so, after much pleading, I was able to ask her one question, which was that. And her response was that she's like tired all the time. <laughs> so, like the energy drink didn't even work. It's just well, she can't drink it because she's pregnant. oh, because she was so, pregnant, right? Yeah. So it was like you can't even drink the drink that we're supposed to ask you about. We can't ask you about anything <laughs> else. And then when I asked her, she, her answer at the energy drink summit, she's like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> It's just so insane. That might be the greatest question or answer I've ever heard. Yeah. So her, like, uh -huh, that like, like lukewarm they're... answer took about nine hours <laughs> to pull from her. She were you like, were you, oh, go ahead, go ahead. She got paid a lot of money to, mm -hmm. to, to, to rep this brand to be like, mm -hmm. I don't even drink it. Yep. Jeez. Wow. So yep. like, was it worth it to you then to like, just be like, there to like be just to ask her one question was it worth it in the end or not oh yeah i mean <laughs> it, it, yeah it was a, it was one day of my life and i got to right. i got to take like a weird tiny plane it, it was just so silly it's kind of like a once it's, it's a once in a lifetime thing for sure to talk to that profile of person as well yeah like, it was it was really interesting because i've never seen i've done a lot of like like uh i used to work in music so like i've been in a situation like that where there's like a lot of people and there's a lot happening but in terms of this it was just seeing her seeing her in person especially because she has a unique figure like it was interesting to see it with my own eyes and not understand because she was wearing a latex dress which like i don't see a lot of people wearing that it was just like what her proportions are very mind-boggling it was just very interesting <laughs> to see this you know, very singular, famous woman in person, like moving through a crowd. Because usually you just see photos and stuff. It was just the right. whole thing was crazy. And we were like in the middle of Nashville, and then they're like, okay, plane leaves in an hour, go to a honky tonk. Like it was just weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, do you have anything to say, right? I have I nothing to say back. I don't know if there was a question. I just, had the question was, like, how was the experience? That's what it was going to be. Oh, but yeah. I think your whole thing kind of, yeah. It was, I think the best part of that was, yeah. hey, you guys have an hour. Go to a honky tonk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. It's a lifetime experience for sure. Yeah, it's. I've covered a lot of strange things. That was one of the strangest. What's What's one other like super strange thing? Because I'm thoroughly uh, curious now. Zumba cruise definitely sticks <laughs> out. Um, I went on a. I think it was a four or five day cruise that where Zumba bought out the boat. And so it was all Zumba instructors doing classes all day for days. Uh, <laughs> I went, I took my mom on it and we, she was just, I talked to her a few days ago and she was like, that is the most in shape I have been in the <laughs> Because we did four or five Zumba classes a day. Like, and we were just walking around the street. Like it was, it was so weird. I mean, I clearly, I love kind of dropping into different aspects of culture which like being a part of the, the Disney bubble has been extremely fun because right. of that. Because you kind of like, I like to immerse myself in a group and then report on it for people who don't really know much about it. And uh, to go off on a tangent, especially in terms of Disney, people are so judgy. And the fact that I've been 
on the other side of it where I wasn't a fan and didn't know much. And now that I'm inside, I feel like it's my responsibility to share stories of why this is so legit, like why everything is so cool. Right. But with Zumba Cruise, it was just, it was more of a, what's, what is, what is this? Like Zumba is everywhere. Everyone knows what it is, but like, what is happening here? And so to be able to go like truly to the epicenter of Zumba and be uh, on a ship with them for days and listen to a lot more Shakira than I would have thought I'd have listened to, uh, it was, it was really cool. It was cool. It was wild. That's insane. I, yeah. The thought of it like makes my body hurt from like, you know, like after a work, like workout pain, I feel like I can feel that. Yeah. I don't know. Have you guys been on a cruise before? Like a non-Disney cruise? I've never been on a cruise. Okay. So usually in like the inside of a cruise, we'll have like not a mall area, but like an internal, like an interior, not courtyard. I don't even know what to call it. Like the main drag of the ship. Yeah. It's like shops and little trinkets, the liquor store, random stuff like that. It's like where all the stuff. Like the main courtyard area for everyone to meet. and Yeah. It's like there was Zumba there. There was Zumba oh in the pool. There was Zumba on the deck. There was Zumba on every area of the ship. So wherever you went, there was a Zumba class happening all day. And I, I will never be in that situation again in my entire life. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just like imagine the, like the ship captain driver of the boat just like dancing as they're driving. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, well, they, I remember that they told us the week before, it was, uh, it was a Royal Caribbean ship that they rent out. You know how there's like music cruises and things like that? Mm-hmm. So I think the week before was like a metalhead cruise. <laughs> so oh, they went totally. from having a bunch of people on vacation drinking to having nobody drinking because like Zumba gives you all the energy that you need. And right. so everyone who worked there was like, this is a good time. Like everyone's chill. They're just buying juice. <laughs> like, <this is> fun. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, that's all the questions I have for like your professional life and kind of more, I don't even know what to call that side of life anymore. That uh, journalism. Is, you're, yeah. You, yeah. It's what you do, what you, what you like, what you crazy enjoy experiences doing. basically. Um, we're going to kind of dive into like the Disney part now. Um, okay. I'm ready. There's going to be a lot of like COVID-19 questions. Um, and like we talked earlier, if you don't know, that's fine. Nobody yeah. really does, but it's kind of more like your opinion more than like, what do you think will happen type of thing? Yeah, no worries. Um, and then other questions that just like normal Disney things that I found. Um, so when COVID-19 first like popped and it got really crazy over here, um, everybody obviously was like, should we close? Should we not? Da, 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 da. And then we closed. Do you think Disney like handled it correctly? I know like the last night ceremony thing where like they had the big party and like Josh was shaking everybody's hand, hugging. That was kind of a weird situation. Other than that situation, because I don't think anyone handled that correctly, do you think the rest of it was handled correctly? I think so, yeah. Uh, Because they were the first resort to announce a cancellation. And kind of the situation that they're in is that nobody was was likely to fold before Disney did. Right. So not only are all of us looking at Disney as consumers being like, what's... Because once a Disney park closes, it's a signal that like things are something something's happening like something yeah, man, like she actually is real now yeah yeah and <clears throat> like not only were we kind of waiting to see what would happen but other resorts were waiting yeah and i think that one of those big signals was when the nba was like we're we're done mm-hmm. uh, and so it i don't think they i mean i assume that those decisions take longer so i wouldn't i i don't at all have any feelings towards if it should have happened sooner i think that they did the right thing um but it yeah, I think they did a, save for the thing you mentioned, I think they did a, a really good job because they had to step up first and do it. And the situation was changing hourly. Yeah. Because I had a friend staying with me <clears throat> who arrived, I think like Monday or Tuesday. And when she flew from, when she flew from New York, it was like, oh yeah, like by the time you get back, like things might get a little hairy, but right now it was fine. Like the vibe was, it is completely fine for her to fly here. And by the time she left, she didn't know what city she was going back to. Like she didn't know what type of New York would be there when she returned. Wow. So, and that was five or six days different. So I think that they, they called it at the right time. And I'm glad they did because yeah. they didn't have to. Right. <laughs> like, no, they didn't have to at all at that point. And I'm really, really thankful they did. Yeah. So I know for us, like we got to Disneyland and Cal- we left Fort Lauderdale um, on March 2nd and got back to Fort Lauderdale on March 6th. And in that time frame is where things started to get a little weird, but not like where it's like, all right, shut down everything. But, you know, like 
nine days later, everything shut down. Like yeah. the thought of that happened, that we were there and then flew in like, you know, Los Angeles airport and then Fort Lauderdale, two crazy airports. That's insane to me. Yeah. And I, uh, so I was in Florida for the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway event. Okay. Um, oh, our meeting got upgraded. Uh, I, I just saw that too. I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Um, I was there for that event. And so I, the, the night before the event began was when the first diagnosed case was in Florida. Uh-huh. And just thinking about how much we've learned since then, because at the time I did not, I did not know anything about social distancing. I did not know anything about how you could be an asymptomatic carrier and spread yeah. it to someone else. Like there's all these things we really didn't even know then. So everything seemed pretty safe then, but then it just, it happened so fast that I don't, every single day felt like a new world. So it, thankfully um, when we were both there, things were clearly fine and they were okay. But it's just, it's wild to think about how much life has happened between those two points. Yeah. Um, I have more questions about that, but first I want to ask, how was Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railroad? Because I have not rode it yet. I don't think you've rode it yet. Have I you? don't think I've, no. I yeah. have not ridden it. Yeah, I feel like uh, a jerk. <laughs> I feel like, like I went on it and then things just shut down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, it was cool. It was a good, it was a good ride. I really appreciate that they, it, it's an all ages ride. So mm-hmm. you can go with your whole family and they really pushed it to the limit within that format. Because typically it's pretty tame if it's going to be, any age, like babies can go on and things like that. And there's a lot happening within the attraction. So I really, really like that. And I love, I mean, I love a trackless ride. I'm so glad that there's going to be so many of them soon. Yeah, I can't, I don't want it to open back up because I'd rather, you know, everything like calm down and life goes a little quicker and normal first. But I am very excited to ride it just because it's been talked of so much. They took out like arguably one of the best rides ever for it. And so obviously there's a lot of great reviews and whatnot. yeah, but, and when you're moving through it, it's pretty crazy how big that space is. Yeah. Like, it they, feels like, expanded? like a warehouse. Yeah, it feels big. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, it felt big before, so I can only imagine now that they've moved some stuff around and recreated what they had going on in there, how big and how impressive it is, because now it's fresh and new Yeah. compared to what the old ride was, you know? So, interesting to see what yeah. happens. Um, we'll get back to more ride stuff later. I, I really had to ask. I, I was very curious. Um, oh, no, so yeah, it, please, this is that stuff I know. Other things I yeah. don't know as much. <laughs> this, is, this is my actually my last like COVID question. It's not a question about it really, but sort of. Um, I, I just I like people's opinions on this. Um, so when Disney and all the other theme parks do reopen, and that I mean all of them, mm-hmm. what precautions should be taken? They're talking about like they're talking about whoever they are. I know Iger talked about like they might be doing like some temperature screenings and things like that. What, what do you think? Like, I feel like down here, specifically in Florida, when it turns summer, it's like a hundred thousand degrees and million percent yeah. humidity. Like everybody's temperature is through the roof. Yeah. That's one of those things where I like, ideally I would want as many things in place as possible, not only to keep guests safe, but also everyone who works there. Yeah. Um, and you have to keep in mind that because of what we know now, I wish it was the type of situation where if I went and I get sick, it's only me, it's only on me, but that's not the way it works. Right. So you have to keep in mind, like it's not only the guests, it's the guests traveling through airports, going through cities, taking lifts and Ubers, going to the resort and then bringing that back to their community. So I, I'm all for all safety precautions just to keep people who aren't even going to Disney World or involved in it. Like anybody who happens to be at the grocery store in like Winter Park at the same time someone else is, like anything like that, I would want to make sure those people who aren't involved can be as safe as possible. So Absolutely. anything that would help prevent someone who did not go, any, anything that would prevent someone not involved from getting sick would be ideal to me. Uh, that being said, I've been wearing a mask around LA and LA is not as hot as Orlando. And I cannot imagine what this heat would be like, even to the point where, because no one knows anything that's going to happen right now. But when, but when they are preparing to open it, there will be cast members in the park before guests are in there. People mm-hmm. will have to be in there, you know, like working on the rides, like a, a larger crew than what they have now. And even them, I'm like, how are they going to do a shift in a mask? It just seems so hot <laughs> just like orlando climate wise i can't imagine it's real hot down here um yeah i didn't even think about wearing a mask during the heat i, I just also been, like don't think obviously. it's 
I don't think it's feasible, honestly, for an entire day for someone to wear a mask in the outdoors. Um, just on a on a presence feel, like when you see someone with a mask in, in the past, you're like, okay, what's going on? Now, if you have to see that on a daily basis, I think people's comfortable level, like the comfortability, is going to be a little different. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, you feel safe, but at the same time, like, if you have to wear a mask, there's an issue. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't think, I didn't think about the heat and like, I have a beard. You have a beard. You don't have a beard, obviously. Um, no, but, like, but I have glasses. Glasses are. Right. And then you're like pushed tricky. up and yeah. yeah. Oh man. Having glasses and having a beard might as well be the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think glasses probably hurt a lot <laughs> more. Yeah, I'm I'm thankful that there are people better suited to these issues that will be solving them because yeah. I I openly do not know anything in terms of like specifics about public safety, but I I trust that they're figuring it out because they really need to. So I uh, I, I am looking forward to any details that they will announce in the future. Yeah, I mean to, just to add to that, yeah, to go add ahead. that too your what's your idea what do you think is going to happen if they go out mobile and everything like fast passes or mobile ordering and all of this thing that they've you know they've mentioned that this is a possibility how long do you think it's going to take before it goes back to normal where we can have lines or how that's going to affect do you think it'll go back daily, to normal even right yeah the daily, you know the daily process of a park you know you have let's just say we have thirty thousand people that are at disney all of them can't get a fast pass to go on rides. How's that? How's that going to work? Because you're still well, waiting lines when you're in. Yeah. So the the fallout of that issue, which um, I feel like I don't want to use Volcano Bay as the example, but because they set up like a full, they were the first one to do a basically a full park virtual line system. And what happens is that none of these places are really meant to hold everyone outside of the line. Like right. the resorts are really built for some people to be in line and some people to be wandering. Correct. And the, I'm sh I mean, I am positive they are thinking about this. So I just want to say that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If I have the thought in my head, I'm sure that there's a whole Zoom meeting of people talking about it. <laughs> but like the problem is that you balance, like you don't want any contact. You want to make sure people aren't waiting in lines, but if they're not in lines, where are they? And are they in spaces within the park where they would be forced to cluster closer because there's so many? So it, it kind of, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I would have to assume that if they put a lot of these things in place and they work, it, there wouldn't really, it wouldn't really make sense to change it. Right. right. And that's, that's where I'm at is it might involve, like evolve to a better situation for all of us. Yeah. If they do it right. Because uh, I take in, in consideration at night when we had the fireworks show at Magic Kingdom, no one's on rides. They're all let's just say a virtual queue, that's a lot of people just like around. So yeah. do you think that maybe they'll have to lower the capacity of the park and affect it that way? I'm not that sure like because I, the only thing I can point to is that Universal has, uh, they floated that survey last week and I know that there, are, um, I haven't, I haven't looked at it yet because I've been in a work bubble, but um, I know that the CEO of Universal is on Florida's task force, and I know that he was yes. discussing like math, um, precautions they're going to take, and like in terms of attendance, possibly lowering it. And I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's weird because there's also the factor of will more will less people be going anyway because they either can't afford it or they didn't have plans to come. Then it's all there's so many factors. Yeah, correct. I think it's going to be an interesting change moving forward, though. And it'll be, hopefully, these theme parks and these people take this information and this process and evolve on it. Because it could be really nice for everyone afterwards. Yeah. I, so. I assume that they won't be willing to open unless people can go there and feel safe. Not only be safe, but also feel safe. So um, I'm, I'm really I'm curious to see what that and, looks like. And have you and on, to add on to that, do you think if say if they do make these restrictions, you not have that full experience? Do you think that people will travel here or Disneyland or whatever and spend the same amount of money to get in if they're not getting that full experience? Yeah, I think is that that's a different factor that they probably have to think about too as well, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I would assume they have to because 
I know some people are like, I will go there no matter what, <laughs> like if I can just walk inside them there. But if you're the type of family who goes every five or six years, um, I'm, I'm not sure you would be racing back immediately if say not all parks are open or something like that. Right. Yeah. I feel like one thing that they'll probably do is a lot of the character meet and greets will probably be really different. Um, cause like, you don't want the, you don't want to be hugging Mickey when there's potentials obviously. And you know, stuff like that. I feel a lot of stuff is going to change. And part of the thing I thought about <clears throat> the other day is like, will and it, I guess it will happen. Like, will some of the Disney magic really kind of not fade, but kind of be, it'd be a little skewed now you think? I'm, I'm really not sure because it, it depends not only what Disney does, but where we are as a people because, because yeah. uh, we've <clears throat> all changed since this began. And I'm not Absolutely. really sure if, you know, if someone like us going to the parks, if we will cherish that there are these things in place so we can enjoy it more than the magic we had before. True. Very true. I don't think about that. Very, that was a valid point right there, actually. Yeah. So, well, the next question. I don't. I'm going to get to happier stuff now. Um, not <laughs> as much, you know, sickness and that stuff. Um, so it's kind of more about you now and like your experience at the parks and fun things like that. Um, you've had a few experiences that no one has had. And there's one specific that I'm talking about. And it's your experience at 21 Royal. <laughs> yes. So when we walked past it, I was really like, I'm about to get a credit card and we're going up there. I did not care. <laughs> didn't do it. Cause I've decided 15 grand. It's, I didn't want to, I, don't, I didn't want to touch it. How was that experience? I know you could, you talked in your blog, like you couldn't get a drink after the fireworks and stuff like that. Like there are certain things that's like, no, you can't do it. You know, besides that, can you tell us about it? Yeah. Um, so I attended a private dinner at 21 Royal, which is at Disneyland resort. Um, as part of a, a work event, uh, they invited a few, I think it was three or four outlets to dine there. I was there on behalf of Eater. So I was reviewing it for a food audience. So it was, uh, it, it was a work meal, uh, but I it, it still found it to be very cool. Um, I have not dined at Club 33, so I know that that's what a lot of people are comparing it to. Mm -hmm. But really, it's, uh, it's a multi-course dinner. It's a small party gathering. You're around a big table in a beautiful room. Um, you have a cocktail hour where you get to walk around the... It's an apartment, which is also a bit strange because it's basically like you're having a $15,000 dinner in a beautiful Airbnb. <laughs> like, no one lives there. No, you can't stay there but you still are like, what a beautiful bathroom, um, which, you, which you don't use. You use a different bathroom. So it's, <laughs> it's like very, cool to, very cool to walk around. But then when the meal came, it is, it is high caliber. It is great. Um, there is like a full wine pairing. It's, I think it was seven or eight courses. It was, it was, it was an elegant night. Was it like, was the food as good as like you would expect it to be for that much? Yes, the food was uh, was very, very good. They were definitely flexing. Like, those chefs <laughs> were showing, you know, because we were, especially we were coming from a food publication. Right. So a lot of the meal, the meal is different whenever you go. So our meal was definitely focused on technique and ingredients to be like, we are, you know, to prove to us the things they could do, which they did a great job of. Um, I just have like a weird worm in my brain where if i'm in a disney park i just want fancy mac and cheese <laughs> like i'm just a, i'm just a yes. toad so when i was there i was like this is lovely but also i want like i want the thousand dollar dole whip which i wish there was a little more of that um i believe if you are renting it out yourself you can make a request like that not not necessarily that they will honor it but you can um but it was it was really nice the highlight though was afterwards you get to go out on the balcony and watch Fantasmic. Oh. he the i mean granted i was like seven courses of wine deep but i was there working so i remember it um i you like <laughs> out on the balcony and it is the perfect view it's like you're floating above the crowd you're dead center it is the view i would pay fifteen thousand dollars for that view it was so good i hope to do it someday <laughs> i really it's do man pretty wild it's wild it's how, like how long is it so much money um, it was a, maybe four-ish hours. Four hours? Okay. Yeah. It was paced pretty well. That's good. So they're not, they're not just like hustling you along. It's like, you got to finish that play right now so we can bring out the next one? No, but it is definitely, it's, it's timed. 
because gotcha. there's a cocktail portion, then you sit down, and because they're coursing everything, they're, they kind of have to be, okay. um, you know, at a, at a certain pace. Yeah, that's cool. That is really cool. Um, so you've got to do kind of an insider's look at the Marvel Land and California Adventure. Yes. Can you spare details, or are you just locked down on that? No, uh, everything we know is is over the public. Um, the cool. only reason that I think the details aren't spread any further is because we we learned everything about it, and then we it was all embargoed, so we weren't allowed to talk about it for a few days. And then once we announced it, that was about twenty four hours before the park closing announcement came. Right. So it's like if you didn't soak up every detail within that day, it just got pushed aside. Gotcha. Uh, for understandable reasons. Right. Um, but. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I got every detail in my brain. If there's anything you want to know. Um, so like, was it all finished or like what? Oh no, it was still under okay. construction, but okay, we walked cool. the grounds. Um, we saw the things they were doing. Some things were further ahead than others. All the structures are there. They just hadn't, um, like, they hadn't, like yeah, they hadn't finished some stuff. They were cycling the ride when we were there. So we got to see the ride vehicle, just things like the that. The Spider-Man one? Yeah. For Is web slingers. Did you, did, were they like showing like how it worked and stuff too? So in terms of the web slinging technology, we were able to see a video on passengers. So it was a video of four passengers sitting doing the slinging and you could see the motion tracking that they were using. That's awesome. We were able to kind of understand what the uh, slinging would look like. We've seen images from the ride, but because it is 3D and we were looking at, you know, a, a photo or video from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it we haven't seen it ourselves, but from what it seems like, it seems very, very innovative and cool. It looks amazing from what I can see. Um, I just recently like gone to once Disney Plus came out, I like deep dove into the Marvel universe and like didn't understand the fandom. Now I'm like, I love the fandom and everything. <laughs> I that right, I cannot wait to like just you know throw my I hands around and stuff. Cool. Um, I know some people were like, that's just Ninjago. Which it's like it's not. It's just the the Legoland attraction, right? Uh, I think that the really exciting thing is going to be that, from what I'm told and from what the technology boasts, is that you're going to feel like a web is coming out of your wrist because you can control it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just shooting out and then just you know disappearing like a web. It's gonna you can use it to do things. So you can use it to open doors and move objects and catch on to things. So there is like a, really wow. an interactive aspect to the web not just shooting it. It's sort of, have you done the void? Yes. So it's kind of like the void meets like a th- like a real ride minus like all the gear basically. Yeah, I, I very quickly realized I'm not a void person. <laughs> <laughs> I love the void. It's like yeah. my favorite thing to do at Disney I went to this in day. and was like, I'm sorry, it looks like I'm going to step off into lava. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, on the Star Wars one, on the first part, I was like, oh my God, I, I might fall off and die. I don't know what's going to, obviously it's just a like, five by five room but yeah. like terrifying to me this one yeah. is more this is more my speed i get to sit down with friends and like throw a wrist out right not like get shot and then a crazy bug attack you yeah. um that's crazy well that's good to know i can't wait for that um so this is like now just we just want to get to know you more disney questions um with Disney parks, if there is anything you could bring back from the past, like Disney rides or anything like that, what would you bring back? Or if you could create anything based on something old, what would you create? Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Loaded um, question. Um, first thing, bring the people mover back to Disneyland. Like, come on. It's it, like, it, it can't be that. I know it's, I know stuff costs money and I know there's priorities, but like just shove it in there to make us all so happy. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. The only other thing that I, can't forget is the skyway i was not um as i told you i did this i went to the parks a lot when i was a little kid i'm from chicago so we didn't really go every year it was we were right in the middle of like no man's no man's land in terms of in terms of disney parks i get that man i'm from indiana yeah 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 (laughs) so it's something that i didn't grow up with well i'm sure i went on it i have no memory but like when i got back into this game that did not exist Mm. and so like you could go through them like the Matterhorn and like there was one in Florida kind of recently like it just I want to be I want that I want that I like to be high up I love it um anything like that anything to make the parks more kinetic to put like in park transportation that is also a ride I love absolutely and I love like being on the second story you know what I mean like being yeah. up there and looking down at what's happening oh what a dream so then you're probably like a huge fan of the gondolas right now in Orlando 
I really liked them, though I, I don't like that you have to get off and transfer. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the weird like transfer nope. point in between, like after Hollywood series is kind of weird. Yeah. But I get it, sort of. Um. I, I really like them. I just, I want like, I want like a rinky dink version of them, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like a I tiny want, one. Yes. I want like a state fair version of it, <laughs> just that I can take across all the parks. Just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so when you get to the parks, what's like the first thing you do? Like, for example, do you like bolt straight to Starbucks, grab a latte and move on? Do you grab a snack? What like fast pass and go? Like what's oh, your thing? Um, so if I'm there, so usually when I go to the parks, it's for work. And then I have like a little free time around it. So I, if I, I usually, let's say, let's say if you're not there for work, so like it's, you got a free day. Oh, I'm just saying, so I'm usually there alone. So that's why I'll, I'll that's, preface it with that's this. Fine. Because anybody who is listening who has a child will be like, um, that's a casual day, you psychopath. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I have a obsession with a particular Starbucks drink called cold foam. So I have to get Starbucks specifically when I'm there. That's I usually won't be I I hate the main street Starbucks because it takes so long so I will usually like try to find a way around it like I'll go to a different park first something like that but if I'm there um I'm not usually fast passing a lot of rides I am there pretty steadily like every four to six weeks so if I don't go on something it's not the end of the world I will be right. back except for this like terrifying gap of time right. um, but I always grab a fast pass for Space Mountain in advance cuz usually like even if they have one at 8 p.m. like that works for me that's fine Yeah absolutely um, it's like have to go on Space Mountain have to get popcorn have to get cold foam those are those are my three and then the whole day I just kind of wander around I really play it by ear which is a gift because I'm only able to do that because I'm not there on vacation Right I mean and there's nothing wrong with that I live five minutes from the park. Ryan, you live like 30 or something. Like we, yeah. when, when we used to go there. I mean, it's like eight minutes now because there's no traffic. On yeah, the floor, right. <laughs> when we used when to go traffic, there all the it's time. It's like 25, 30 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Depending on traffic. We used to go there just like for snacks. Like don't have, oh you know, don't have food. We do have food, but we're lazy. We're like let's go grab a cheeseburger spring roll. That's pretty much dinner, like three That's out of five crazy. nights. Um, but like, yeah, I get that. Um, so, oh, well, I guess we already talked about that. Never mind. I'm going to skip that question. Um, <laughs> so we've been on lockdown for an extremely long time now, and there's kind of an unforeseeable future. If you're watching Disney Plus, what are you like? What are you knocking out? I've, so I weirdly, I know that everyone else has been spending this time like tackling their to watch list, mm -hmm. but I've been just watching the same stuff. Like I have been treating this weirdly like it's just another Thursday. Like just been watching the same TV I always watch. So I just have been watching, I always watch sitcoms, like sitcoms all the time, all day, all night. So I rewatched all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I rewatched <laughs> all of The Office and I watched all of Golden Girls. Like I just have been watching <laughs> non-Disney Plus stuff, which I know is bad. But it's on it's on my to-do list this week to rewatch Xenon because it's been a minute. Oh man, do Xenon classic. Yeah. Um, I do at some point want to go through and watch all of the Marvel films as you did. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm not in a brain space for there's this large evil thing attacking our the whole world. <laughs> like that's that's not really the the plot line that I'm craving the yeah. pandemic. Because like it's a little similar. But I do want to go back and watch that and then go watch all of like the old original stuff on Disney Plus. Like the original Walt stuff I want to go back and watch, but I just yeah. really haven't I haven't made time for it, sadly enough. I get that. I've rewatched that 70s show and I've restarted watching uh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, yes. I know, Ryan, you watched Outer Banks and I knocked that out in like a day. Um, so I. Ozark. It's like a bunch. It's just, I don't really watch TV in general. And I've used this time because I'm still working full time mm. at, my, at my job. But I've used this time to just watch what I've, not even stuff I wanted to watch, just like whatever everyone else is watching. So I know what everyone's talking about on the internet. Yeah. And so far, uh, it's worked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like, I never watch dramas or anything with violence. So for me, it's like truly just sitcom o'clock forever until it's summer and there are none left. And then I will. Right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about the Marvel thing, like with the current situation of the world. And that is virtually 
kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. It's huh. like a threat on a global scale, which until now we really didn't have much of. And now it's yeah. like staring us in the face. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, let's move on to happier things. Um, <laughs> when uh, so when the parks are open and safe, what's the first park you're going to? Uh, I will go wherever they tell me I can, but if it was up to me, I, I mean, Magic Kingdom, like, or Down Disneyland because it's here. Yeah, either gotcha. one, depending on how things shake out. Um, I feel like to see a castle at the end of this will really feel very significant. And I think if I didn't go to a park that had like, you know, Main Street, like the enter under a tunnel, like the whole thing, uh, it, it, would, it wouldn't feel right. That's kind of what we say. We put our, ep our other episode out last week. And uh, we basically built our first day back to the parks. And that's kind of the same thing we said was like, you got to go back to Magic Kingdoms. Cause like, after all this, like the only thing you need is like, just some happiness, you know? Yeah. And like the magic of walking down Main Street, smelling all the smells and, you know. Yeah, I need, to, I need to see those buildings. I need to hear that silly soundtrack. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. Dude, I've been playing those on YouTube, like on loop. Mm -hmm. Like when I drive or like when I'm working on stuff, that's. All that's in the background. Yeah. And I recommend when, yeah. you get, when you get sick of them because it does happen. I recommend listening to the Tokyo ones because then you're like a little. It's the same world, like the same cinematic universe of background music, right. but it's a little different. So your brain doesn't already know it. I'm gonna turn that on today after this. I like that advice. Yeah. Um, is the first ride then going to be Space Mountain? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> You kind of answered that for me earlier. Or man, I don't know. I've been like really loving a Peter Pan lately. Yeah, can't beat a classic. I think um, I might want something where, like, a world where everything is a fairy tale. I think I might yeah. want something more fantasy land, particularly now at the end of this. Yeah, I feel like I just want to go lay in the middle of fantasy land and just let the music play. Yeah, and just like hear the carousel, and yeah, that sounds yeah. so nice right now. I know. Um, What's the first show, if you're into shows and stuff, what will be the first one you watch, whether it be Happily Ever After, uh, the, oh man, what's the water one called in DCA? I, it's like my oh, new favorite. Oh, World of Color. World of um, Color. I, I really want to see a parade. I Have really you seen see Magic Happens? Did you see it? I strangely, I went to the early preview of it and wrote about it and then was not able <laughs> to go to the opening day. So, it's so good. I, I have it's not like seen it in person, brain. but I've like written about it at length. So I know way too much detail for not yeah. having seen it. But something we, like a parade specifically, because I know that that must be a social distancing nightmare to set up. Right. That once I'm at a parade, I'll feel like things are good again. Yeah, absolutely. I think Magic Happens is like the best parade Disney's ever made. Maybe it's not, so cool. maybe not better than, you know. The Electro Parade, because yeah, yeah, classic, must, you, you know? You must say that. <laughs> but, like, it's classic, so it's good. But, like, Magic Happens, I feel like it came at a really, I don't know, like, a really weird time to kind of, like, run into this of, like, uh -huh. be okay type of thing, you know? Which is really weird. Like, that's obviously not planned, because they probably been playing the show for, God, forever. And then just to drop it at the right time. Um, yeah. But... The music is great. Everything's great. The actor, or like the no, show is amazing. The, the choreography is so good too. The freaking store in the stone is in it. Like, come on. Like, yeah, they, you can tell it was made by fan, <laughs> like people who are fans. Yeah. And they really conveyed that when we went to the preview. But yeah. it, I, that's the thing. Like I, I go to the park so much for work that it was, I have a, I have a puppy. And so after a while it was kind of like, this is, tough it's tough to go as often as i do when when i have a young dog and i was like i should start pulling back not going to everything like it's fine and then this happened and now i'm like i'm never gonna turn down anything <laughs> right ever again yeah i can definitely say a lot of people are like after this is over i'm gonna hang out with friends more and like i'm gonna go do things so like I'll, I'll do that later like that's not a thing anymore i think people are gonna be a lot more proactive about like if this opportunity comes up i'm going because this could happen again someday, you know, yeah. like, and it, I mean, yeah, it seems like it might, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have one more question for you. Um, and this is, we talked about snacks already. We talked about snacks. I, that's like 99% of our podcast is just snacks. Well, we like to eat. What is your favorite snack? Is it popcorn? And if it is, what is a different snack that you like? Okay. So it's obviously popcorn, which I must say, 
Um, well, Disney popcorn is like legendary. I don't know what it is, if it's just the um, butter, but. Hot tip, <laughs> like I have different, I go to like specific places. So the popcorn outside of the theater, of the frozen theater at Disney California Adventure, that is my preferred popcorn for if you want some now and later, because it's in the bigger box. And they pop it there and put it in the bigger box. Usually the bigger box is pre-popped. The whole situation. I'm clearly very fun to hang out with and not anal at all. Uh, <laughs> and then, you just Disney, like good food. I'm yeah, okay I'm very, that. very specific, very high standards. And then at Disney World, the caramel popcorn in the Germany Pavilion is my religion now. <laughs> so uh, well worth the wait in line. Otherwise, my favorite all-time food is like fake plastic nacho cheese, which is... <laughs> Strangely hard to find because everywhere has the pole top, which I won't eat. I won't eat it. Dude, I won't eat it. we yeah. talk about this all yeah. the time. We literally talk about this nacho cheese hey, it's, 80% it's, of the time. Hey, the launching pad, Animal Kingdom, the push button, put it into a cup. But not anymore. No, they still have it. It's still they there. They still have it. As of uh, right before they closed. Are you sure? Dead serious, yeah. Positive. It's the only place we get pretzels now. Are you positive. sure? Positive. Serious, dude. I mean, the point where, like, might change. It might, might have changed in the last six weeks. Okay. We left, this I did not know it. about. This is very important to me. Thank you for letting me know. But we will report back to you as soon as the park opens. And Please do. Like, confirm. there needs to just be, like, a cheese hotline. <laughs> uh, because yes. it's, it's very important to me. Also, I like I wait to go to Animal Kingdom to get the cheese because I know that they'll like they have it because it's in like the little cup. It's not in the other thing. Yeah. Yes. That's so funny that you said that. Like we talk about we like have mm-hmm. gotten angry on this podcast talking about like how dumb that everywhere's a pole top, but the launch or the lunging pad is like the cheese. The pull the top cheese, cheese tastes sour to me. The pull top cheese, it's, it always tastes like oh a weird, funky cheese. It tastes like plastic. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's the wrong consistency. It just doesn't make any sense. We're on that. This is You're crazy. I, that, I never would have thought anyone would have said that in a bajillion years. Oh, no. I am very passionate about my fake cheese. And the problem is sometimes <laughs> you can get it, but you don't like the thing it comes with. Because I, I don't want a theme park fry with the cheese. Like, I don't love those. I don't love those fries. It's different. We have a whole podcast about the top five fries at Disney. That's so funny. <laughs> Wait, so what's your favorite fry? Um, my personal favorite is at Typhoon Lagoon. They season them with like some crazy seasoning and it's really good. I think our actual top one though was, um, it was either Mr. Kamal's fries or the steak okay. fries. that ES- I don't think we counted those because ESPN. it was ESPN. Um, yeah. But I think ESPN it was Mr. Kamal's. Really steak fries. Yeah. I love like a crinkle cut, which is really yeah. hard to find. Yeah. Weird. It's, it's tricky. Huh. It's really hard out there. I usually will wait for a Bavarian style pretzel with cheese because I find that to be. Ooh. I feel like I feel like when they open now, what I'm gonna do is like go get a bunch of cheese cups from Lunching Pad oh. and then head over to Epcot and get one of the massive pretzels and just like sit and eat. This feels like I'm gonna check this right now. I'm I'm shocked. Not that I don't believe you, but I'm shocked. Yeah. Because we, oh, actually, the only reason we found out is we ordered a pretzel one day. From we over there. there. We were just from over there, there. From the lunching pad. And I, they're like, do you want cheese? And I saw the machine on the counter. And she literally went over there with the cup yeah. and filled the cheese cup up and gave it to me. Wow. And we were mind blown. We were like, this is the only place we're going. Because in line, we were talking about how crappy the cheese in the cup is. Oh, my God. The top. And then, as I'm sure you guys remember, because you're obsessed with this, that a few <laughs> years ago, they looped the cheese into the price of a pretzel. Yeah. So now if you get a pretzel, you are forced, you are burdened with the terrible cheese. Yes. Yeah. To the point where when they first did it, I was at the park, and there was me and two people in line in front of me, and both people in front of me are like, I don't want the cheese. And they're like, we have to ring it up with the cheese. And they're like, I don't want it. And it was just this line. By the time I got up there, I was like, I'll just throw it up myself. Like, Everyone didn't want the plastic cheese and were forced to buy it. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I do remember when they did that because I was pretty angry. I was like, this cheese is crap. I just, I just want to eat my bread and walk away. <laughs> like, ugh, ugh. It's like, ugh, no thank you. No well, thank there you. is hope for you now because the cheese is at the launching, or the launching yeah. pad. Yeah. I mean, now I, now I have even more to look forward to. Yeah. 
if it's not there, we'll let you know so you don't like, you know, hate us later. But if it is there, we will let you know. If there's, if there's nacho cheese sauce at Disney World when it reopens, I will find it. Yeah. They, well, <laughs> I will, that, I will yeah. be seeking it out. <laughs> um, that has answered every single question. I feel like we've learned a lot about you, um, <laughs> which I'm really glad that we were able to do this. Um, yeah, me too. So, um, wh where can people find you? Uh, you can find me all over the internet. My name is uh, Carly Wiesel, so no one else has that name, thankfully, for Google's sake. So uh, I spend most of my time on Twitter and Instagram. Otherwise, um, I write stories often. You can find them. I have a weekly column at Sci-Fi Wire on Tuesdays. If you want to check that out, that's cool. Otherwise, uh, if you Google my name and any Disney word after it, you'll find a story. <laughs> we will be sure to link everything down below because um, people cool. got to find you. You put out some of the craziest content in the world. <laughs> so we'll definitely be linking it all below. Thank you so much for coming on, Carly. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, stay safe. Right, have a good day. Thanks.